Whatever day this is, let's go neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling. What you want it to be. This is by the book. Come take a look. By the book. Well, technically you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the book. To get you in the spirit. This is by the book. So hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is by the book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. Yeah. Welcome back to Buy the Book. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews, and it is time, my friends, season two of the Corona Cup, aka the Tournament of Nerdiness, is about to begin. I was a little nervous, and now I'm not. Um, you know. Beginning these tournaments, especially after the first round of the last tournament was A, really long, and B, fraught with difficulty, I uh, was a little worried that I would screw it up. But you know what? I actually, uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I think this episode, we're going we're gonna to just kind of coast. We're going to coast our way in. We're going to ease into the tournament don't have to have a lot of pressure on myself. Let's just have fun and enjoy some time together. Happy New Year to you. It is New Year's Day 2021. As I <clears throat> sit here and talk to you, a little bit of an overcast day, but you know, it's been a great vacation. So let me set the stage in case you missed the prologue, uh, which was our last episode of By the Book, or in case you missed the entirety of season one. Uh, we did a 1,000 and more, more than 1,000, a 1,000-person 1, singles tournament um, in season one. 64 episodes. We laughed. We cried. Um, I yelled at some birds. It was a good time. Uh, season two, we are doing a tag team tournament. I have 512 tag teams. Uh, and in the prologue, what we did, something new this this season here on By the Book, is uh, we have number one seeds, number two seeds, and number 16 seeds. So I already have 32 pages of handwritten brackets. And by that, I mean I just wrote some numbers down on paper. Um, but I have those. The teams have been put into place, so we already know what the first matchup is going to be if you were listening to the prologue, you know. Um, so here's what we're going to do today. I have my list of wrestlers already set. What I'm going to do is I'll do what I usually do, randomize that range, and then I'm going to take those names, and those will be the beginnings of the brackets. I think we're going to get through two pages of the opening round today. Um but I'm not exactly sure. We'll see how the conversation goes. We'll see how the show goes. Uh, as usual, there was there was actually planning in this, which makes it unlike an episode of uh, podcast you hear on DDT Wrestling. 
but not a ton. I didn't want to do the brackets ahead of time. I didn't want to think about the matchups until I was talking to you. So in a perfect world, you will get my uh, unadulterated reactions right off the bat. So uh, to do that, since we should might as well get started, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm actually going to fill uh, the data set. There are 388 names remaining. Um, some of them are different, uh, or some of them are in a different place. They're not on the bracket. They're not in the list. We'll talk about that in a future episode. Uh, but these 388 teams, I have filled in the, the cells on the spreadsheet so that I can't see the names. And now I am going to randomize once. I'm going to randomize twice. I am going to randomize it. Yep. Yep. A third time, which means this should be completely different. And so at around the five minute, 15 second mark, we are ready for the first names of the tournament. Uh, the first matchup that we need to actually talk about before we even get to that is uh, the number one seed here on page one, the New Age Outlaws, taking on the B team. You know, I, I love Bo Dallas. You know that I do. But that B team didn't go anywhere. They, they had cool T-shirts because they were so you know, homemade. They had a cool song. You love Bo Dallas, but of course they have no right to win, um, especially against the Outlaws, who were a, a trend-setting team um, in the, you know, I was going to say 2000s, in the late 90s. We talk a lot about Shawn Michaels and Triple H in China as DX. We forget sometimes, I think, how important the Outlaws were um, in that. Their matches with Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack were great. So, Obviously, uh, the Outlaws are going to get the win, which means I have to actually turn the page here. Uh, the B team goes on to the back side there in the Constellations. All right. Now let's get to it. The first team that is randomly assigned, we have the Islanders, who I believe are, goodness, is that Haku and Tama? It shows... Uh, how little I, you know, how little I know. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, let's see. We've got Haku. I, I was right. I have to have more confidence in myself. Haku and Tama, the Islanders, members of the Heenan family, um, feuded with the British Bulldogs. They kidnapped Matilda. I remember that. Uh, I think they were, there was talk, you know, as whether or not they were going to eat Matilda because they were, of course, you know, these savage Islanders way back in the 80s when you were allowed to do the, that sort of thing. The Islanders are taking on the Superpowers, which is Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff. Oh my goodness, Jeremy, you're not here, but this is a this is a tag match right in your wheelhouse. The Super uh, the Islanders versus the Superpowers of um, Dusty and Nikita. Now, if Jeremy were here. Uh, he might be able to talk about them a little bit more. I don't know a ton about them, the superpowers. Um, and I suppose I could look it up. Nope, not the mega powers. <laughs> All right, Jim Crockett in the 80s. Yep, so they were called the superpowers because Dusty Rhodes, an American, Nikita Koloff, a quote-unquote Russian. Uh, this was still, this was in the 80s, so the Cold War was still going on. 
Um, they were part of a feud of the year with the Four Horsemen, but they, you know, they weren't a th- bleh. they weren't a team for long, maybe a year or so. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Then apparently they they reformed in TNA. Oh goodness, I'm gonna get to that eventually. I'm on an MLW kick right now, but eventually I'll get to that. <sighs> How long were the Islanders a team? That's something we also need to consider here. They were uh, 86 to 88, so actually around the same time. I uh, Again, we, we come to the this is my tournament. I didn't watch the NWA, so I don't know the superpowers. Um, I remember the Islanders. I remember them kidnapping Matilda. I am sure if I watched NWA in the 80s, I'm sure I've watched it. Uh, in my you know my NWA and WCW quest, but I, I feel like I'm going to irritate Jeremy right away. I feel like I got to go with the Islanders on this. So I'm giving the Islanders the win. The superpowers go into the constellations where they take on the B team. Bo Dallas, uh, it's not getting any easier for you there, my friend. All right, next up, the team of Magnus, a.k.a. Nick Aldis, and Samoa Joe from TNA. They are taking on two cool Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Too Hottie. Now, I don't love either Grandmaster Sexay or uh, Scotty Too Hottie. The worm was cool. Um, Brian Lawler, while he is no longer with us, was an incredibly annoying pro wrestler, which I suppose is probably the point. Um, but they were a big part of the Attitude Area. I'm watching 2000. You know, they're they're in main events, teaming with uh, against the Radicals. You know, Scotty Tuhati and um, I forgot his other name. Scotty Tuhati and Grandmaster Sexay. Sorry, I'm looking up Samoa Joe and Magnus. 2011 to 2012. Did they win any titles? They were tag team champions for a couple of months. They were the GHC. Is that global? What's GHC? Oh, maybe it's a, it's uh, that's from uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. They were in Japan a team for three months. Okay. Um, again, I feel bad about this because I like Samoa Joe and I like Magnus, but if, if I gave the win to the Islanders because I was more familiar with their work, I have to then give the win to Too Cool because I am more familiar with their work. And maybe when I get to watching uh, Magnus and Samoa Joe as a team, if I ever get there, feels like there's just more and more wrestling and less and less time to watch it. Um, yeah, I, I'll give the win to Too Cool. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. So if you're out there and you're upset because Nikita Koloff and Dusty Rose Rhodes got hosed, well, so did Magnus and Samojo, perhaps, because they should be too cool. But in this case, they're not going to. They're not going to do it. Next up, Triple X staying in uh, TNA. This is Christopher Daniels. You know how much I love Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper. And they are taking on, oh, man, the Varsity Club. This is the Varsity Club of Mike Rotunda and Dr. Death Steve Williams. Oh, 
Oh, we have had some good matchups already in this first bracket, and there are 32 of them. Um, you know, what I should have done in hindsight is I should have put links in the spreadsheet so that I could just click, because I don't want to spend this time doing research on a computer. I really don't. I, that's not what I wanted you know, to have happen with this. So I remember vaguely triple X, but I, this is easily the varsity club as much as I love Daniels and Daniels will appear further down the road. Um, yeah, the varsity club. I love that gimmick being an amateur wrestler myself. Uh, and we have an all TNA match in the constellations, Magnus and Samoa Joe taking on triple X. Yeah, we're going to just, yeah, Varsity Club, love that gimmick. Loved Coach Kevin Sullivan, who somehow was no longer, you know, the demonic guy. Like, this is in between him being, um, you know, the Satanist um, down in Mid-South or Florida, and then him leading the Dungeon of Doom. He has a brief period where he's like, oh, no, I'm a coach. Look at me. I've got a, you know, Varsity jacket on. Weird. Wrestling's weird sometimes. Uh, Legacy, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr., taking on AJ Styles and Tomco. So I believe this is the Christian Coalition, which is kind of funny because you hear the words Christian Coalition and you expect something else. Um, so Legacy versus AJ Styles and Tomco. I don't know anything about that team. I was not watching wrestling actively when Christian Cage was in uh, TNA or Impact or whatever it was called. I do remember vaguely Legacy. Um, I thought that was a good team. I like the idea of like a second generation stable. So again, just based on my own knowledge, I got to go with Legacy on this. TNA not, not getting a lot of love. You know, in a year or two, if I have caught up and I've watched a lot of this, it'll be interesting for me to do this tournament again <laughs> and, you know, see if my opinions change. All right, the Renegade Warriors, Chris and Mark Youngblood. Hold on a second, please. Yes, that's right. That's what I am. I'm doing it right. Uh, the Renegade Warriors, Chris and Mark Youngblood, not very familiar with them at all, taking on the team of Monty Brown, the Alpha Male, and Kip James, a.k.a. my guy, Billy Gunn. I know nothing about the Renegade Warriors. And again, I don't want to spend this time just doing research and reading Wikipedia articles. You could argue that I should have done that kind of in high, like I should have, you know, some might say I should have done the proper prep and had these things linked so I could do the research, but that's not what this show is. So I'm giving the win to Brown and James. I seem to recall watching them. So the Renegade Warriors will take on AJ Styles and Tomko in the Constellations. All right, we need three more teams because we have Owen Hart and Yokozuna, one of my favorite teams, uh, down there in the number two seed. They just need one opponent. So Kofi and R-Truth. This is my lost years. Don't know a lot about wrestling in my lost years, but I know that they were a team. I've heard them talk about it on the New Day podcast. Taking on the new Blackjacks. That would be Blackjack 
uh, Wyndham and Black Jack Bradshaw. <sighs> I should make Jeremy come on these airwaves and talk about how good the new Black Jacks were. Uh, clearly, this has to go to Kofi and Truth. As much as I liked the new Black Jacks, and I did, they didn't do a lot. Um, it was a weird sort of gimmick. Uh, kind of in the interim there. Not not exactly anybody's favorite, I don't think. Uh, I got a kick out of it because I enjoy really dumb things. Uh, so, yes, you can rest easy, Jeremy. Now, the new Blackjacks will not make it into the second round. Uh, we need one team, and that one team who is going to take on Owen Hart and Yokozuna is... Oh, King Mabel and Sir Moe. So this is 1995. Uh, Mabel wins the King of the Ring after uh, Brett and Owen. So we go in a very different direction uh, by giving Mabel the win. He becomes King Mabel. Moe, his tag team partner, becomes Sir Moe. Uh, this turns into a title match at SummerSlam 95, if I remember correctly. Um, so this is a great matchup of two smaller guys, although Moe is not a cruiserweight by any stretch. And two giants. So this would be fun. But yeah, Owen and Yoko clearly need the win there. Uh, like I said, one of my favorite teams. So setting up King Mabel and Sir Mo versus the new Blackjacks in the Constellations. So here we, here we have round two matchups for page one. Uh, the Outlaws versus the Islanders. That would be fun. Too Cool versus the Varsity Club. Also fun. Legacy versus Monty Brown and Kip, Kip James. All right. And Kofi and R-Truth versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Not bad matchups there for round two. I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with how things are going. We have time for another page. I don't want this fun to end. Uh, <laughs> our next matchup, uh, number one seed, Mustache Mountain. You can tell Glenn had an influence here in this tournament. Uh, taking on the Flying Nuns. I believe the Flying Nuns existed for one, maybe two episodes of Shotgun Saturday Night um, in the 90s, in case you don't know. Uh, it's, it's kind of, I think, like a precursor to the Attitude Era. Uh, they have a show, Shotgun Saturday Night. I think it was kind of a late night um, Saturday show, and it was, it was edgy. This is one of the times, I, if I remember correctly, this is one of the times where uh, Vince McMahon and the WWF dipped their toe into a more aggressive adult brand of wrestling. And so they took the team that would become the headbangers and they dressed them up as nuns and they were the flying nuns. Um, what a ridiculous team. Mustache Mountain clearly needs the win. And so they shall. So the flying nuns in to the constellations. All right. Let us turn now once more to the randomness. Who do we have? We have the Young Stallions, uh, Jim Powers and Paul Roma, if I remember correctly, taking on Future Shock. So here we have an interesting matchup of these are both kind of young teams of young wrestlers. Um, like I said, the Young Stallions, Jim Powers and Paul Roma, both guys who looked uh, like they were destined for greatness. They both had, you know, great bodies. They were talented wrestlers. Enough, enough talented wrestlers. Um, one could easily see them 
making the most of that career, whether as a tag team or perhaps even in singles. You know, Paul Roma was a horseman, pretty wonderful, you know, more of a tag team guy. Uh, Jim Powers, kind of, you know, a lot of people's favorite jobber, perhaps. But Future Shock, if you don't know, is Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, come on. You want to talk about two young guys who made the most of their opportunities. Uh, Future Shock clearly getting the win here. Uh, the Young Stallions will take on the Flying Nuns in a matchup that no one will care about. Uh, FTR, now, the Revival, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson, are number one seeds. But I didn't give that to FTR. Now, maybe they deserve it. Maybe some would argue they deserve it more than the Revival, though I don't think so. They haven't been FTR for that long. But... I wanted to make sure that all of these great all-star teams who had multiple iterations, kind of like the Dudleys, you got one prime position. But the rest of the time, it's a random tournament. I love the randomness. So FTR is going to take on the oh, match of the day so far. Because uh, we have two teams like this. We have uh, FTR and the Babyface Usos. I gave the Uso Penitentiary... Uh, a top seed, either number one or number two, I don't remember. But this is F FTR versus uh, the Usos, uh, as, again, the babyface team, where they were doing the tribal dances, and they were masters of the pre-show, and they had the face paint on either side, I think. Um, great team, don't get me wrong. Fantastic matches with Kadaro and all sorts of other great teams, but... Personality-wise, um, something to be, a lot to be desired. Uh, having said that, I don't watch AEW. I'm sure FTR is good, but I don't see them. And they haven't been FTR for that long. The Usos had close to a decade, I want to say, of that run. Uh, so I'm giving the win to the Usos. My tournament. Sorry, FTR. You are out in the first round. I don't think that'll be the case when we get to the revival. So worry not, friends. Next up, uh, Inc. Inc. This is Inc. Incorporated. Shannon Moore and Jesse Neal, uh, a tag team based around tattoos. Tattoos? Versus the Rock and Rave Infection. Another TNA had a pretty good influence in here. Rock and Rave Infection is uh, Jimmy Rave. And Lance Hoyt, a.k.a. Lance Archer, a.k.a. Dallas. What you know, He's had... Tons of names. He's now tearing it up, hopefully, I think, in AEW. Is he still employed by AEW? He kind of fell off the map in terms of the public consciousness. Um, can't tell you that I'm I'm in love with either of these teams. I'll give the win to the Rock and Rave Infection because uh, of Lance Hoyt, truthfully. Uh, and at least now you know that FTR will not lose in the second round because... They're facing Ink Inc., which a team that did absolutely nothing for me. Next up. Ooh, the Undisputed Era. This is Strong and O'Reilly. So, Red Dragon got a buy. Perhaps the Undisputed Era should have. This is Strong and O'Reilly, though. So, different version of the team. Gave them some credit for having a different iteration. And they are taking on uh, the Hangmen 3. 
which was uh, Scrap Iron, Adam Pierce, and B.J. Whitmer. Ring of Honor, know nothing about them. Uh, and I'm, I don't think we need to look them up when they're taking on uh, the Undisputed Era. I'm sure the match would be good. I would love to watch some Adam Pierce matches now that he's such a he's the authority figure in the WWE right now. Uh, but the Undisputed Era will get the win. And then we have AJ Styles again. This time he's teaming with the Amazing Red, so two great cruiserweight X Division stars, taking on Los Fabulosos. Now, I was tell you a quick story. I was looking for teams. I had done, I had done my usual run through the Wikipedia articles, lists of champions. And done all of that. I'd gone through, figured out who had been teams, done all the pay-per-views because I wanted to, you know, you qualified for this tournament at first if you had been a champion for a lengthy period of time or if you uh, had wrestled as a tag team on at least three pay-per-views. So that means I went through all the pay-per-views for WCW and ECW, all that, to find the names. That's my love and dedication to this tournament. And then I didn't have enough. So I was looking for more, and I was watching an episode of Thunder, and Silver King and El Dandy said they were Los Fabulosos. And I loved it so much that even though I don't think they ever wrestled on a pay-per-view and they were never WCW Tag Team Champions, they got placed in this tournament. And because I don't remember an AJ Styles and Amazing Red Tag Team... I am giving Los Fabulosos the win. AJ Styles, 0 for 2 here in uh, the opening round for these two pages of the tag tournament. Uh, But yeah, Los Fabulosos, it was hilarious. They looked great. Silver King, El Dandy, both not your typical luchadors. El Dandy, I think, Southpaw with a a legit awesome-looking left hand. Silver King, did not look like a guy who should be flying around the ring the way he did. Loved them both. So I'm giving Los Fabulosos the win, setting him up to take on Strong and O'Reilly. So, again, that should be fun. All right. I need three more teams. Who do we got for me? The Bludgeon Brothers. We are still stinging from the loss of Brody Lee. We are about 36 hours removed from an excellent from all reports, AEW tribute show. There have been tributes from uh, WWE coming in. It It is still a painful thing to talk about. Brody Lee, Luke Harper, uh, John Huber. Uh, but this is the Bludgeon Brothers, not Harper and Rowan with the Wyatt family. They were a number one or number two seed. These are the Bludgeon Brothers with the stupid masks and the stupid hammers. Uh, and they are taking on Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr. Now, you want to talk about this, and this, this is an instance uh, of three of the four wrestlers gone way too soon. Art Barr, not a lot of people talk about, from all reports, fabulous pro wrestler. He and Eddie Guerrero, fantastic team, probably would have made a bigger name for himself. He passed away in the 90s. Eddie Guerrero we lost, of course, in the, 20, the 2000s, and Brody Lee we lost a week ago. So, you know, and it's one of those things where you got to give this to Eddie and Art Barr. I don't remember what they called themselves. I didn't write it down, but they were 
you know, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, like they were a, a hot young team. They could have easily gone to WCW or ECW or the WWF and been a fantastic tag team. Like how, you know, how would history have been different if they had been able to, you know, if Art Bar had stayed alive and, uh, you know, that that had happened. Might be a totally different thing we're talking about here. But I'm giving the win to uh, Guerrero and Barr. So the Bludgeon Brothers don't make it past the first round. But again, Harper and Rowan still in this tournament. Uh, something I need to consider. It is possible that at some point we're going to have wrestlers wrestling each other. Um, I think we had that happen in the singles tournament. Um, I have to decide, do I want to arrange it in such a way where... Uh, you can't have two of the same team in the same bracket. So, for example, whenever we get to the Dudleys, when they have their number one seed, should I try to arrange it so that the Dudleys don't also appear in that on that page? I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. So far, it hasn't happened, but we're only a page and almost a second page in. Speaking of which, the Mega Powers, the number two seed... They need opponents, and their opponents will be Furnace and Lafon. Um, you know, uh, my little inner circle of nerdiness, Glenn and Jeremy and Brandon Banks, uh, we talked about whether or not there should be a distinction made between um, Furnace and Lafon, 90s team, and Dan Crawford and Doug Furnace, which is also Phil Lafon. Phil Lafon had that name in ECW, and no, he was Dan Crawford in ECW. Actually, I think he was both. Uh, WWF changed his name to Phil LaFon. But excellent team. Um, I wanted to talk about them because they were the first team that I can remember seeing that did what we would now consider to be a more modern, strong-style kind of wrestling. Phil LaFon, despite the fact that he looked very much um, like my Uncle Mike, who is no longer my uncle, because he divorced, or he and my aunt got divorced, but she technically wasn't my aunt. She's an adopted cousin. It, my family is weird. But either way, um, he looked like he should be working in an office somewhere. He should be you know, doing that. And he was doing savat kicks and suplexes galore, and Furnace was super strong and throwing people around. I loved that team. So much so. You know, the Mega Powers are here because of the star power. Um, their biggest hit as a tag team was breaking up. So I'm okay giving the win to Furnace and Lafon. They will defeat the Mega Powers, and the Mega Powers will go into the Constellations where they may lose to the Bludgeon Brothers. Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan may be double. I don't want to say double losers. That sounds bad. But yeah, they may lose the first two matches of their tournament just because of the way the bracketing went. And look at that. We're exactly past the 30-minute mark, which is just where I wanted to be. Uh, this worked out very well. Uh, page two, second round matchups, because I know you're curious. Mustache Mountain versus Future Shock. Mwah. Usos versus The Rock and Rave Infection. I'm sure, that would be good. Undisputed Era versus Los Fabulosos. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Eddie Guerrero and Art Bar versus Furnace and Lafon. Some awesome matches coming up uh, in the second round. But we have, if we did two pages today, 
that presumes that we'll get through the first round in 16 episodes. So we have a while. <laughs> We've got a while left to go, but we started. I feel good. I think I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm even writing on the cover of this book, Corona Cup Season 2. <sighs> it feels good to be back. Thank you for joining me. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, this chapter, the first chapter of season two of the Tournament of Nerdiness, aka the Corona Cup, is over. I'll see you the next time we go by the book. <laughs>